Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Four Podcast. We are here to talk about actual basketball that is happening. Ba 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 basketball. Ba 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 basketball. We are recording at around six o'clock on Thursday, the thirtieth. Um, Utah, New Orleans is in progress. Uh, three oh, minutes left in the first quarter. Um, and uh, we, this is awesome, dude. I mean, it, we, the NBA has not had any positive tests in the bubble so far. Things are trending in the right direction. We've got two games tonight, and then we've got games from now until hopefully through September. But to talk about um, all the basketball stuff, what we can, what we think we're going to see in the bubble in these upcoming games, talk maybe a little gambling. Um, PJ. Let's break this all down, homie. What's going on? We actually... The bubble is actually working. It is surprising. And it's not. It's working a little bit better than the MLB's lack of bubble. That's for sure. It was all about the bubble. The bubble is, for all intents and purposes... So far, it's been working. I mean, despite... I mean, there was a... A scare. We had a bubble scare with... Uh, Lou will um, get in some some wings from Magic City, but I mean beyond that, it is. Um, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, I don't think it's something that should be just pouring all the praise on the NBA yet, because I mean, it's, they've only been at it for a couple weeks. But I mean, it is definitely more than I thought. You know, anytime we were talking about that over the last few months, that I really did think they'd actually be able to successfully do um in any stage so i guess i kudos to them for surpassing my expectations of this to this threshold but um yeah we've gotten to the stage where we can at least uh see real live basketball games again and that um totally cool watching those from the comfort of my own home and enjoying it that way but uh it's something it is something, and we've had preseason going on, or whatever you want to call the games that have been going on in the bubble to get the players ready to go once the season is actually resuming. Um, we had, uh, you know, I'd say the most, the biggest thing that has stood out to me, or I think most would probably agree, is the the primary storyline that came out of that was Bull Bull and what the fuck was anyone was everyone else in the. NBA doing when they passed on Bull Bull. Um, he's been really fun to watch for the Nuggets. The lineup they rolled out in their first game was incredible and hilarious, and they somehow managed to beat the Wizards with that lineup. But um, Well, because it was the Wizards. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of basketball we're going to see, especially in the regular season, uh, in these last eight games that everyone's going to be playing. Um, I mean, even in, with the first, like we're one quarter into this PJ, are you still like, what, what, are, what, how do you think this is all going to play out? Do you see, do you think that this is just going to be like, you have no idea what to expect night to night guys are just not going to be as consistent. Um, what do you think we're going to see over the next eight regular season games for these teams? 
I mean, I think from that, I think it's going to be pretty random. I mean, I, I just don't really hold too much weight in, yeah, even, like, the eight games versus, like, ah, oh, yeah, if, like, X team, like, if the Lakers go, like, two and six, like, ah, oh, they're they're in trouble, they're done. Like, I, I think just, like, anyone predicting and, and actually pretending they know much at this stage, I, I think it's going to be much more of a sort of crapshoot of, you know, flip of a coin, all right, this is, you know, this game's next. Um, I think it's going to be pretty all over the place. Um, you know, some of that those that being said, um, I think maybe once we uh, get ourselves into a, a situation of, like, playoff series and whatnot, um, I, I could see the first round still being pretty random, but I think, like, you know, by the time we're in a stage of, all right, here's the teams that are left in the second round, we'll, I think, got enough of a sample in some regards to, okay, here's, here's what we can expect um, in one way or another. Yeah, I'm I am most curious to see like how minutes are going to be managed, especially like some of these teams are probably going to be mathematically eliminated like pretty early on into this, like how Phoenix is going to respond if they're eliminated, the Wizards are another candidate there. Like because this is kind of uncharted territory, normally like you're you might as well lose to tank. Uh, to get a better draft pick, that's not going to matter in this format. So how are teams going to react when they're eliminated already? And is that going to be an automatic loss <laughs> to in, the, in the next game they play? Like, that's going to make things kind of weird. But then you also have teams like the Bucks and the Lakers, which don't really have any, they don't really have anything to play for. It's just trying to build some momentum going to the playoffs. I think that's an, an interesting wrinkle to all of this. I, I generally agree that, like, I don't know. I, it seems like scoring is going to be higher than normal. Um, yeah. Uh, it's. I think that you're going to see guys like it. Really is an AAU atmosphere, um, and I think that especially once guys get a little more comfortable playing um, in their normal in their normal lineups, I think you're going to see some really really high scores in these games. Um, but I don't know. I'm. The, I think the playoff. I hope that there's a play-in game in in either conference. Hopefully in both, because that would just be really fun to watch. Um, and I'm rooting for Portland to somehow make that. The p- play-in could make this really fun. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, some of that with like some of these uh, yeah, a team to catch some momentum. I mean, if if Portland did, I would definitely Portland. If Portland and Skinny Mellow could. Yeah, stick around for a little bit. I'd be definitely in favor of that. Or maybe the Pelicans. Um, I like that, uh, yeah, just the overall concept of, all right, we can get a little, like, re-familiarized with some of these teams for a few games and then, um, you know, kind of go from there. But I'm a... I am interested once the like actual playoff portion begins is just seeing um, the dynamics of if much changes like the contrast between these first eight games and the playoffs like are you know will there be really an intensity will we be able to notice much of a difference um, or will it kind of feel similar 
um, in one way or another. Um, I will also, you know, kind of in, in some ways was thinking about this of just like the bubble success is I do wonder if, you know, they're containing everyone right now, but I wonder if, you know, once we get in some of these series if that lends itself to help or is it hurt, you know, is the risk profile increased for, uh, NBA, the NBA, as far as the success of this, because in one way I was thinking like, all right, if you have once you're you, once you get past this stage and you have the the playoff series set, does it help that you know you'll have two teams playing each other consistently for you know a week and a half? Um, so if there is you know any instances or anything, it can be contained to just you know those two teams. There isn't that cross contamination, or you know, do you essentially just depending on how it spreads and stuff, oh, you've just lost, like, you know, a, a series is now just on hold because everyone gets COVID like that. Well, that is going to... That's going to produce some anarchy for sure, is if all of a sudden we have... Yeah. If they have COVID actually coming to... Actually starts factoring into this, then you're right. Like, if you have a, what happened to the Marlins happen in the playoffs for the NBA, like, what the fuck do you do? You know, I, I have no idea. You can't, I don't think you can just pause everything. Right. I, well, I think it gives you some flexibility of like, oh, maybe some guy, you know, but uh, I think so far, I think it, they're in the better state right now. Like, they're ha- the bubble really hasn't been compromised, the integrity of it aren't seeing the positive test um you know once they do introduce families and whatnot to in the mix i mean i think that's gonna add another layer of just variables and that part i mean i know it's very tough to ask these dudes to like be away from and it's like and i think like it is good in theory and thought and like to try to do that the human side of it some but like it does just add like another variable to this of like i think um you know there's just an aspect of that 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 could change things and like maybe it's that's where the compromise occurs of like the bubble being compromised not that the nba compromised allowing that because i think in some ways it was like a a necessary like good faith gesture right um yeah, I don't. The playoff, like, do you see? Do you think that there's more potential to see like an a one eight upset or like a a significantly lower seeded team upsetting a higher seeded team in the seventh in the seven game series? Because I, I definitely lean towards. I think it's going to end up being pretty chalk. I mean, I think you could see like a 6-3, 5-4 type of upset. I don't see any of the like top two or three teams in either conference really really failing to get out of the first round. But I, I'd be curious to see what you have to think about that. And I, I guess the, the one caveat I would have to all of this is like where I don't like – I do want to get your opinion on Houston – because Houston is is like by one of the more intriguing teams to me in all of this is like it seems to me like maybe they have a higher ceiling uh, regardless of where they end up because right now they they're sitting sixth you know they could realistically finish you know they could finish with the two seed if they get hot 
Yeah. Um, but most more likely going to be somewhere between three and six or three and eight, um, three and seven actually. Uh, so anyway, back to my my other question though, Peach. Do you think that we're gonna see, like, are all of a sudden the Lakers more likely to lose a first round series or the Bucks or a team like that? Because to me, the answer is still no. I mean, conventionally with basketball, like basketball wise, I'd have to say no. Just like you would think in in a series kind of what I mean like I think in a series wise I, I think you still have to lend yourself to the idea that you know individual players the the team with the best player you, you should like their odds especially like Giannis and LeBron I think are just two guys where you look at them at uh, a scope of the entire NBA it's like well if you have one of those two guys like you automatically have a very good chance of being in the finals in any scenario. So just like having them on your roster, I think if, if any of the teams that have one of those dudes, I think they're a little less susceptible to an upset. But if you were to look at, um, I mean, there, there's a there's a long list of other teams in this. And I mean, I think there's only maybe a handful of teams that you can really say have those guys. Um, so no, I don't. I don't think necessarily, but I think game to game in the first round of the playoff series, you could have some weirdness. Like, because I mean, for any NBA playoff series, I mean, there is a flow because of the home and away and the travel ends of it. Like, I, I think mentally, like a reset for anyone viewing it is like any one of these games is a toss up as far as who will win or lose. Um, but over a sample size of a seven game series, I still would think that the team with the better players is going to win. But you might have just more seven games, you know, series going five. You know, I would say most series are going to go beyond five games. Like, I don't think you're going to have any sweeps necessarily in the first round or really in any round. I think most of them are – I could definitely see going six, seven games. Yeah, I'm going to – I I think we're – like, even watching this game right now, I'm not really missing the fans that much. I think you're going to miss it a lot in the playoffs and especially in the finals. Like, I, I think that that is going to be where you're you're really going to see the difference between uh, the noise, the general atmosphere, than, than how it looks now. But um, I am impressed how they're really making it feel like as you're watching the game on TV, like it feels like a pretty normal NBA game. Not entirely, but it, it – it feels it feels pretty close to to what we would see during the regular season, um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to kind of see how this all plays out. Um, hopefully, no injuries in all of this. I uh, it was unfortunate to see Sabonis is likely going to be out the entire uh, playoffs and regular season for the Pacers with a foot injury. Um, on the flip side, it's been pretty awesome to see Portland have a couple guys come back and Zach Collins yeah. and Nurkic. And Nurkic honestly seems like he didn't miss any time. Like, the dude has been really good so far. And Portland has gotten a lot of hype as a team to, like, could really make a run in all of this. Do you think that they're – do you buy Portland or are you selling them? I think they make it. I, mean, I, I can't really convince myself of buying or selling any – thing in it's just so different like 
I do think like one component of the idea when you look at um, you know, role players in these these games and stuff, I think it's um, going to be a really transparent like ability to assess a guy like mentally, um, being able to play up to the pressure of this because there are no fans. Like that end of it is something where. Um, you would just expect, like, all right, if you can play, like, this is just, like, rec league pick, you know, AAU tournaments for a lot of these dudes, um, kind of going back to that. So I do in some ways think overall, like, the basketball quality should be – we shouldn't see a drop-off necessarily because there is a lot of removal of distractions and different variables there. Um, you know, to the larger idea that, that you're getting at, though, of, like – with like a specific team around that I just I don't know because I think like this is all these guys are going to be learning how to do this for the first time I think you know the traditional sense the travel like role players playing better at home versus away like that whole those variables should be eliminated under this you would think um so that's another team that that's going to be hugely interesting for the Sixers they've been yeah. Terrible on the road. They have been they not even close to being a playoff caliber team on the road. They've been awesome at home. So neutral core, what the hell are we gonna see out of them? Yeah, I well, I, I guess, you know, when you're you're putting in the framework with the injury piece of it though, like if Portland could have been in a better position you know, if the injury des- that they were they were so decimated by injuries, like if they had just had a few less of those and this could have been like slightly more healthy in the old world of you know where things are at and the a little bit of a better position standings wise you know i i think they you know by being able to get their guys back like i would i would feel better but i think they're just kind of in a spot where it might and not knowing how these couple you know eight games is going to play out really it just it could go by really quick for them and they have to play i think spot on and, and really good immediately and just like they have to look at it going eight and oh like i think has got to be their mindset but you know to the sixers i would say something like this kind of off in and the ability for them to get right um in a reset for them is probably really good and some ways they can reset their team roster lineup like rotations and like maybe at, you know, correct some of the bad trends that they had in the middle of the season. Um, so I kind of feel like the Sixers, though, like where you're, I think you were heading with it. Like to me, at least, it feels like the Sixers should be uh, more of a favorite. I, w- I would consider them more of a favorite to maybe challenge the Bucks. Um, you know, the, think now and, and thinking too of like just matchups and wise like that. The one thing I will say I, about the first round matchups, the things I'm worried about is like, I really hope the Bucks don't have to play the, the Heat because I don't really like that idea. In the second round? No, in the first. If like for some reason the Bucks and the Heat had to play each other in the first round, like, or I mean, yeah, second round two, like whatever. But just like any reason that they would well, get matched no, up. There's no way that the Bucks will play the Heat in the first round. Aren't the Heat six? No, Heat are fourth. Oh, then that, I. They I have know. ten. They have they are, they have ten games in the Magic. So that is not going to happen. So yeah, second round. Second round would be the. 
Yeah, I yeah, hope they don't play heat, them. Heat in the second round. I'm still – I am not – I do not think the Bucks have any problems with any team other than the Sixers or Raptors. I don't think I Heat. The, Ra- I, the Raptors for sure. I think the, the I would almost rank of those three if we want to get into that like for a little bit like I would like say Raptors or Raptors one Heat two Sixers three of like t- I think that give the Bucks the most problems. I don't agree with you, but that's fair. I, what what about the Heat scares you for the Bucks? Like, because I don't. Bam. You know, I I think Bam. I mean, Al, Grant Al Horford was Mr. Giannis stopper, but um, depending on how they're using their lineups, I mean, that could be. I think maybe for that series they'll definitely use Al and Horford and Embiid a lot, but um, yeah, I think Bam. I think just Bam himself though could handle Giannis for seven games like, in that load. Really, I I guess I don't. I I definitely I more so weigh. I don't think there's any one guy that can like really mess with Giannis other than Kawhi. Like truly, like truly throw him off of off of his game make life really really difficult i think when that does happen it's because teams give him different looks and can throw different guys at him and i agree with you that bam matches up well with Giannis defensively but i think that he's yeah. that's really like it like i know jimmy is a good defender, jimmy would yeah but i i, I, just, I just think with really buy that yeah i guess the combination of bam i, I mean I, I do want to give jimmy that credit i just like that team, I feel like, but you know, a lot of it too is the idea of Bam plus Jimmy just on the court and like what just Spo is a, a general like tactician. I think will him and Nick Nurse. I think of like show, I mean how the the Raptors have played defense all year has been like how they ever how they had been playing was kind of you know on a different level just imp- of impressiveness like. They were just changing their schemes, like sometimes night to night, um, and you know that's scary for anyone that's going to play them in the playoffs. Um, I yeah, just, they're just really, really good. They're just I mean, solid. They're, I think they're just really good. They're real solid, and I think like honestly, like we could see the Raptors repeat and like show up in the not repeat win the finals, but I, I if they went back to the finals again, wouldn't be all that surprised. Just like how. No. How they they were playing, how they're set up as a team, like yeah, they they're a favorite. I would say like even the Nuggets, you know, because it's just a neutral court. I think that really helps the Nuggets. Um, granted, like uh, I'm just con- contradicting everything I said at the beginning of this pod. Like uh, I don't really know, and like, but just now I'm gonna go like off format. What you think and like knowing of certain teams, like the questions that might come up with each one, like. I think some of that inexperience that the Nuggets still have, or just like the the flow between, um, you know, maybe he's getting some nerves in there. I think just by eliminating some of that stuff, it's like, you know, that this format could really help teams like that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the well, and the Raptors, I think, will just generally be less phased by the bubble shit because yeah. they are the defending champs and they just I don't know I, I just the fact that I know that the Warriors had a ton of 
injuries, I just still give them a ton of credit for ultimately winning that series, even if they no longer have Kawhi now. Um, yeah, they're going to be interesting to see in how they play, how they how the playoffs kind of pan out for Toronto. Um, I'm not a buyer of I, – I just don't think it's going to work with Boston. Um, I don't yeah. see them – I do not see them winning the East, coming out of the East. No. And I think if it was them versus the Bucks, I don't see that going very well for them. The the East as a like product though for like of just like whatever like the East in itself could feel much more I guess NCAA tourney or just like I could see the East get real wacky real quick. I feel like the West will for the most part kind of play out how it would in any situation. But if I was picking between the two, I feel like the West, the the East could get. Real wacky. I agree with that, dude. Um, we uh, we probably should cover a few. Not one's indirectly related to the bubble. The other one uh, is not in any way related to the bubble because it has to do with the Knicks. But let's start with Lou. I think you you um, or no, we haven't talked about Lou Williams yet. I mentioned it briefly, uh, but we did not. Yeah. Well, so. Do you <laughs> explain what happened, Ultra? Okay, for so anyone Lou, that maybe missed this, Lou left the bubble. Uh, there are a few. You know, the Clippers had a couple guys leave. Um, Trez left. Uh, Pat Bev left. Lou was another Clipper who left the bubble, and um, it was the purpose of him leaving was to, I believe, at- attend a funeral. Yep, in Atlanta. Um, but he did stop at a strip club while there. Magic City, um, which is like the largest the, strip clubs in Atlanta. Yeah. Which and probably one of the most famous, especially yeah, in famous. NBA circles, right? Well, just, well, just in, yeah, just it's a massive place. And have you been there? No, I just. I no, I've not been to Magic City. I just hey, I I don't know. I'm, I'm I went on the website about, ultra. Okay, you're talking about the size of the place. I have I have no idea how big this place is. Okay, massive strip club, and uh, apparently he, his claim is that went there just to get wings, um, and I actually I actually believe it. It sounds like I've seen so much stuff coming out of it since then. I've I've so I've spent very little time in my life in the South. I've never been to Atlanta. It seems reasonable that he just stopped there for food. He has a me- he has an item on the menu named after him. Yeah. I mean, not to say this guy isn't frequenting the place, but um, I I do believe that he was there. He was there to get some grub. I don't think he was there, you know, trying to break any rules. But, yeah, he got photographed, and not a good look, and just optics-wise, not great. Um, and it, But it does definitely kind of just show, like, the, <laughs> the fragile nature of... Everything that the NBA has been able to successfully do so far, but just, like, how quickly it can turn on them if everyone's not bought in or just, like, any exceptions to it. Um, I mean, the reactions and some of that to it, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think it's going to actually be an issue with the Clippers. Um, but I, it, it was something where just, like, the story happens. I, I just think, like, in general, like, the idea of, 
the NBA and just some of the the fringe stuff that goes around it, it was just like kind of a perfect like. It felt sort of like it would be an Onion article headline of just like player catches COVID for getting after getting wings from strip club in Atlanta, like. Yeah, it's um. But he's fine. He, you know, he's suspended. He's not going to play tonight. Um, and we'll see. But um, yeah, this was the sec. This was the lesser disturbing thing I was going to bring up. And the second thing was that uh, Tom Thibodeau was announced as the next head coach. <laughs> so you don't like this? I, I mean, I. I, I I understand this to a certain extent the argument of why this wasn't a great like why you might not be a fan of the hire, but I have to I have to think that a lot of your reasons for this are completely biased towards the structure of things with the wolves. And I don't know how fair all of that can be with this. Cause he's not gonna be in the front office. But I wasn't even I if I kind of go through the timeline of Tibbs Bulls head coach no longer with the Bulls comes back in the NBA as uh, head of president pre- president of basketball operations for the Wolves and head coach and um, the Wolves have one playoff appearance eight seed losing five games to the Rockets and that's that um but in the West man you can't like downplay that like you just oh yeah he qualified for the playoffs very very tough conference but the selling point there was that all right Tom Thibodeau is going to be able to turn things around defensively for the Timberwolves he is going to be able to lock the better defensive side of Cat and Wiggins and just generally be able to get this team to a place where they could be top half in the league in offense and defense because offense really has not been a problem. And then they are going to be at least a consistent playoff team going forward. And instead you saw a team structured around uh, playing a more an old-style basketball. And I think that if you if you think that it can work with Tibbs being your head coach all power to you but I think the way that that works is if do you think that he can be do you think that his the positives he brings on the defensive end are going to be so good that your team is going to be playoff caliber because offensively I just I do not buy it I don't buy it at all I don't think that he really adds much value on the offensive end and he didn't add de- he didn't make the Timberwolves better defensively. So uh, what is he going to do with the Knicks? That's I I just don't see where this works, especially considering players gen- like players seem to be either either it's one end of the spectrum or the other. They yeah. either love playing for him or they hate playing for him. Well, and you got a really young roster. Yeah. Well, that's a concern. I mean, he's not been at any point like very good developmentally with the the Bulls or uh, the Timberwolves. I I guess I kind of it's complicated me in two cents because I look at it, it's like all right, of thirty NBA teams, like thirty head coaching spots. Do I think Tom Thibodeau is equipped and qualified to have one of those thirty jobs? 
Yes. Um, should he probably be more in the context of like, you know, should he have been probably hired to go coach the Lakers maybe versus the Knicks? Like if you're looking at the type of teams, like, yeah, he is much more of a win now kind of coach. Um, you know, that's what he was brought on to do with the Bulls and was successful. I mean, you know, but they had a lot of players that fit into exactly what Tibbs wanted to do. His success as, like, an assistant with Boston, like, that's where he gets the defensiveness. I mean, he had Kevin Garnett and, like, as the anchor of that defense. Joakim Noah as the anchor on the Bulls when they were good defensively. Um, with Taj and Lua. I mean, they just had, like, pieces there. Um you know, I think my argument of part of the failing with Minnesota is like, yeah, he had Jimmy, but like who else? And like, I think I think some of it's personnel wise, like reflects on the Wolves. Um, it's, you know, still his, he's still got to coach the team and figure out a way. But like, I think the some of the failings could be reflected there. Um, you know, when you look at the Knicks, though, like yeah, they are not in a win now mode. I think Tibbs is going to be able to maximize and establish himself with that team and like it might be something though where like because they have so many young guys and like how Tibbs tends to play veterans more I mean it could be just structured where like hey if we're not adding anyone else that Tibbs can play over some of these younger dudes and he has to play them and like has to figure out a way to coach them like just out of necessity like we'll just force him you know his hand at this from day one Knowing we've given him a five-year contract, like he let him try to win, but let him try to do everything he can to win with this team and these guys. Um, I can see it working, um, and then I think as your roster building, though, I mean, the Knicks are doing what the Knicks are always going to do. They hired a big-name coach, hopefully trying to lure a you know superstar to the team. I don't know if Tom Thibodeau necessarily draws that or not. I think. To your point of like guys being hot or cold with him, if they really think they have a star that would come and like likes Tibbs and want would want to play for Tibbs, great. But I think yeah, what you're saying there, I don't know if Tibbs doesn't help in that regard. But like if you're building out a roster and you're gonna integrate Tibbs in some ways, of like getting guys that he would like and like you know some of those components. Um, I see a benefit to some of that, like, of just like, all right, if we're going to get people that match and, and can fit around the style of play Tibbs wants to do, I think the two could be cohesive and operate well. But, you know, because of the Knicks, something's probably going to go wrong. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not saying that Tibbs would be just a terrible coach for... Definitely better all. than Jason Kidd. Yeah, I'm not saying that he would be a terrible coach for all teams in the league and that he should never get another coaching job with another organization. I just think right. that he's so much better suited to be a team that has some pretty good a pretty good defensive foundation to start with and good veterans and that is not the Knicks. And so I, what I think is going to happen is that they're going to be terrible and he's going to be out of there in 2 years and it's just going to be a complete laughing stock. Well, that's when the Knicks just that's if the Knicks are going to Knicks. I mean, if, if they're... When, when, what, what would make you think that they're not? Well, I mean, it's like a new regime, new... I mean, it's it's the same old, you know, for the last, like, 20 years with them. A new regime, new... I mean, big name, whatever. 
I think it probably ends in the same path, but who knows? Maybe Leon Rose, World Wide West, like they're going to let Tibbs really, you know, give him three, you know. I think the one argument can be made with something like this is like, all right, if they take the Sixers approach with, um, you know, when the Nick, when the, the Sixers were building stuff up, I mean, they've the the Seventy Sixers at this point would be like the one team that when building and stuff like they committed. I mean, they've Brett Brown still been the coach. I would put Tibbs and Brett Brown in a similar caveat of type of coach and whatnot. I mean. If Tibbs is fine with losing on the, the front end and like knows and has the organization's backing and is gonna let him see it through till they get good, I think that's fine. Like I just think like they've gotta maybe establish it and give him the bat like this dude's gonna be here. We gotta win with him. But yeah, I mean if if in two years they balk and it's like, oh we're not doing we're not progressing in the way we want or think we should be yeah, it could end bad, but I mean, I would look at the Brett Brown Sixers thing as like the model that the Knicks gotta gotta use in, in this instance. Time will tell, man. Um, I get what I, you're saying. Yeah, I mean, in my mind too, it's like depending on what the I I don't know if you know, but if he's really able to maximize what they've got on this team, I mean, I think. Mitchell Robinson is like a really compelling player for to be under Tibbs, though. Like I'm excited, interested in that. Um, also, just you know, for joke purposes, the fact that Tibbs will be once again coaching a team with Taj Gibson on it. I mean, it's just it's only it's feels right to me, man. Good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he was. I feel like he only took the initial meeting because it was probably like Taj texted him. Was yeah. Like, hey. It'd really be nice to play for you again, and maybe we'll be, maybe we'll get back to the playoffs in the East like the good old days. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, it's uh, it's almost halftime of Game One. It's look, Pelicans are off to a good start. We get to see the King come back tonight. Um, it's marathon exciting. continues, baby. Yeah, man, and it's uh, I'm sure it's gonna be. It's going to be a great Friday tomorrow. We got games starting midday. This is great. Basketball's back. It's arguably better than before. I, we I, got, tell you what, it couldn't be watching basketball over lunch on a Friday. Yeah. I am wondering if. Uh, I haven't really looked at the schedule and times and stuff, but like, it would be kind of nice if like some of the West Coast, like the West teams, like they put in, like, you know. We get some six thirty like Lakers and you know even granted this is eight but that's not bad I mean but if you got like Lakers Mavs at you know six thirty you know I hope like maybe we get some of those like teams that we might be you know it's nine o'clock I'm like can watch the first half of the Lakers game or the Clippers like no they're gonna play at seven oh it would be incredible if we got the West Coast games early. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked far enough out to say if that's a thing or not, but that would be, be smart. That would be awesome. Um, but hey, man, uh, let's wrap things up. Do you have any shoutouts? Shout out NBA. Yes, yeah. Shout out sports being back. Um, for right now, we'll just enjoy it while it's here and see if it lasts. Um, 
but yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't really have any. We haven't been in the. I gotta get back in my shout out, I guess, mindset to start looking for things to shout out. But yeah, the only, um, the only shout out I would have is the one of the more ridiculous movies that I've seen. It's a good quarantine movie though. Watch the the Gentleman if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I will not say it's the most politically correct movie that I've seen uh, ever, really, but. Uh, entertaining uh if you want a little little something something to to take your mind off of the world and all the bad stuff that's going on that would that would be uh recommended for me anyway but otherwise yeah dude you've you've hit the nail on the head basketball's back that's the number one thing to shout shout out for sure shout out craft um, beers for getting me to this point yeah yeah, I uh, Surly, um, one of our mutually favorite uh, breweries up here in the Twin yeah. Cities, um, had a, an employee come down with coronavirus, and they just shut down um, the tap room for a while. So that's a bummer. Um, but yes, craft beer has been there hasn't been a shortage of that over the last four or so months. Especially, I'm sure it's even going to. It's only going to go up now that sports are picking up again. But let's uh, let's close up shop here, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So make sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you everyone for listening. We're glad to be doing this um, and actually talking about actual basketball going on again. Check us out at the point forward at gmail dot com um, on Twitter, uh, and we've got a. a a very special new closing uh, closing song here for us that PJ and I are both very fond of. So enjoy that, and we'll talk to all of you soon. The winner takes all It's the thrill of one more kill Last one to fall We'll never sacrifice their will Don't ever look back On the world closing in Beyond the end